0: Earlier this year, a report by Monash University found that international students in Australia were being burdened by the rising cost of living with almost half of those surveyed experiencing food insecurity triple the rate of the wider population. Vidya Matabushi's new novel, The Days Toppled Over, unravels the complex systems that lead to the exploitation of international students in Australia through a heartening story about family, success and the migrant experience. Vidya joins me now. Welcome, Vidya. Hi, thank you so much for
1: having me. It's such a pleasure.
0: Vidya. you studied in Australia as an international student. Can you tell me what your experience was like and how that informed your writing?
1: Yeah, sure. So I arrived here in the early 2000s. And back then, I think there was a major push to get um, international students to Australia, at least, you know, that was my experience. In India, there was a lot of advertising and you know sydney was back then such a glamorous um opportunity to explore you know just after the olympics and all that so uh, you know it was very alluring for me and i wanted to come here to sort of see if i could be a writer so i came here for a master of arts in creative writing and Um, you know, sort of worked my way from being an international student to a 457 worker and then ultimately permanent residency. And when I started to write this book, I felt like the international experience had significantly affected me and it wasn't something that I had really, you know, given weight to. Um, And it
0: sort of came out in this book Mm. You mentioned, though, you know, it, for you it was this alluring, glittering lure. That is somewhat juxtaposed to the story that unfolds in your novel. Would you say that they were two very different stories?
1: Yeah, I think there is, you know, between the image and the reality, there is a sort of shadow and it's not something that's very visible when you are, you know, just a young adult thinking, hey, I want to go, you know, to another country and experience a different sort of education system that's not at the top of your mind as to what the nitty gritties of a life on a temporary visa or a student visa are going to be like, but I think it becomes very quickly clear when you come here that, you know, especially if you're coming from countries where, you know, they're not particularly rich and money dries up, that very soon you can find yourself in sort of vulnerable circumstances. Um, And that was my experience Mm. um, and of many others that I know.
0: So how much of this story in The Days Toppled Over is fiction? How much is non-fiction fiction
1: um, so it, it is at heart a sibling story. So we've got Molly, the older sibling, who has um selective mutism and lives in India, and you know, she hasn't spoken to anyone in 15 years, and her only remaining relative is her brother Surya, who's you know, come to Australia as an international student. Um, it is a dual narrative stories so it goes back and forth between Mali's story and Surya's story Mm. Um, and Surya's story which is the you know details what it's like to be on a temporary visa um, or working your way towards permanent residency is you know I have to say hugely informed by my own experiences and you know those of people very close to me like my husband Mm. my uh, other family members and friends Um, so there it's fiction, you know, fiction gives you license to explore things and to throw light on, you know, certain aspects of a life that I felt were invisible when I was actually living that life. Mm. Um, and so, you know, with age and experience and sort of honing my craft, I'm hoping to sort of show what a life lived on a temporary visa feels like.
0: Mm. Those invisible areas that you're talking about, the, the, what it's like to live on a temporary visa, what is it like given that you've, you've been there, done that?
1: Um, I think that, you know, it, it can feel as though when people talk about migrants or international students or skilled workers, it's almost like they're talking about different types of people. Like, you know, you've got your international student, you've got your skilled worker, you've got your Australian citizen, but really, you know, we're the same people and often literally so where your yesterday's student is today's skilled worker is tomorrow's citizen. But one can feel sort of boxed in when, when you're assigned to a role and seen as that role and not really, is the individual that you are. Mm. And um, it, and all of the things that people want, you know, to have friends, to build good relationships, to be part of a loving community, to have success in your career, and to thrive and feel valued, um, you know, it constantly has the threat of all of this can be taken away when you're on a temporary visa. Mm. And, you know, and that's something that Many, many people in this country, you know, they're on this visa and it can feel like everything can be taken away, all these things that you've spent a lifetime
0: building. Mm. Um, And, And that is really one of the themes in your novel, isn't it? It delves into this idea of success and the pressures placed on international students to excel. I mean, what would you say success looks like for migrants? How difficult is it to achieve and at what cost?
1: I think that, you know, when a country, you know, puts like a checklist and says, look, this is the type of migrant we want to attract. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, you talk about contribution to the economy, you talk about, you know, assimilating with the culture and your language skills and, you know, good health and all of these things that, you know, Australia is open about what it wants in it's migrants. Likewise, I think migrants also have, you know, an internal checklist. It's just not that visible to, mm. you know, um, other people. Where it says, "Look, I-, I need a place where I can succeed, a place where I can eventually build a home, if that's what I want, um, a place where I'm valued for everything that I bring to this country." That's not just my role as a skilled worker. It's not just, um, you know, the set of skills but also who I am and, you know, my culture, my heritage, my language, my food, um, and all the things I've learned from, you know, from my experiences. And, you know, am I allowed in this country to thrive? Mm. Um, You know, and that's a checklist. And sometimes, you know, we talked about how there's like the, the reality and the image can be different. Sometimes it feels like there's so many barriers in place to thriving um, when you come as a migrant. And, you know, I'm really hoping that my book in some way triggers those conversations mm. and
0: you know and, and those barriers are very clear in a quote that stood out in the book for me was hard work was the price they were willing to pay exploitation was the real price exacted from them. Is that the price of success uh, for migrants?
1: I mean it certainly can feel like that. Um, you know one analogy, that I use sometimes is that, you know, when you come here on a student visa or to any sort of temporary worker visa and you want to go towards permanent residency, it's like putting in your Google Maps a destination, but you're never allowed to use sort of an expressway or a highway (laughs) and are multiple tolls and you know and there's no roadside assistance and you have to take the most circuitous path and the only people who see you in that situation are other people like yourself and you know they can help you but it only goes that far so it feels like there are multiple sort of arbitrary barriers in place even though people will say look there's always a pathway um, but that pathway is hard and arduous Mm. and prone to exploitation, um, you know, and and the system itself is quite flawed. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's true for that kind of typical success. You know, I think many migrants do experience that. And, you know, certainly my lived experience is... Mm. you know sort of corroborated that
0: and and that journey you're reflecting on there is very much so borne out in the narrative of your book but why do you think it is that the experiences of migrant workers and students isn't overly represented in Australian popular culture
1: I'm not sure I mean honestly I, I don't know why um I think it ought to be I think that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to write this book is to you see that experience reflected back in some way in in the literature of this country um and, but it, I think it also stems from the fact that you know some of that is hidden and it's not really visible and it's it's a tough thing for people to confront um so you know, a combination of those, Mm, perhaps.
0: mm, mm. Author Vidya Matabushi is discussing her new novel, The Days Toppled Over, here on RN Drive. Vidya, your book delves into the intersections of race and class. Many Australians might not consider this country to have distinct classes, but does class exist in your eyes?
1: Yes. I mean, the short answer to that is yes. I mean, people may not necessarily discern class, but, you know, I think it it very much exists. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways in which, um, you know, people are divided. Um, and I think that my book particularly, you know, sort of looks at the things that unite people and also the various points where people can feel disconnected and the ways in which maybe that connection can be sort of forged.
0: Mm. Um, So how do you discern class then in Australia? Where do you see the divides and those disconnections?
1: I mean, it has a lot to do with what kind of privilege, you know, a person has. And, you know, the privileges that I have are not the same as, you know, another person who's coming from India who may not have had the same sort of you know access to information or education or money or all of these (laughs) economic systems that go into sort of you know what that places an individual uh, at a point where they can or cannot succeed I think that's becomes pretty obvious when you talk to people that you know we come from various points of privilege and that in itself, is a class system, Mm. you know, the way I
0: see it. Mm. Are there any obvious ways to break that down? I mean, I think that opening yourself up
1: um, to other points of view, to validating people when they express something, when they tell you what they're experiencing um, and to not necessarily, you know, refute... Um people's lived experiences with you know what you think um, w- with some sort of um, argument. I think that just validating people being open you know, as a human being to other human beings, I think that goes a long way.
0: Mm. It's interesting to your point where you say everyone comes to a certain situation from different levels of experience. In one scene in the book, a group of characters are kicked out of a club and you write that other South Asians give them a look that says you're giving us all a bad name. How does the migrant experience pit individuals against one another?
1: I mean, that's a tough question to answer. I mean, for one thing, the visa, you know, the number of sort of intake of visa numbers is limited. So, you know, you're always fighting for like trying to get in. But in terms of migrants being pitted against each other, it's not, I mean, that wasn't what I was actually trying to say in the book. Um what were you it's trying to than, say
0: with that example there, that quote, give them a look that says you're giving us all a bad name?
1: I think it feels like in some ways the opposite, that we're all connected and, you know, what happens to one migrant reflects on an, on another somewhere else. So, you know, it's like, you know, they're saying that, you know, if you do something bad and, you know, people perceive you in this particular way, we're all connected and it's going to reflect on us. Um, so it's it's almost like the migrant community has to come together rather than um, be divided. Right. I think that was more what I was getting at right. with that.
0: So more a sense of camaraderie, we're all in this together.
1: Yeah, just that we're not separate and, mm. you know, how one is viewed affects, you know, all, all of us because often in, In people's minds, it can seem as though, you know, migrants are all the same. Mm. Whereas, in fact, of course, we're we're not. Mm.
0: (laughs) Now, this is your debut Australian novel. Your last novel, Bystanders, was published in India in 2015. That was shortlisted for the Tibor Jones South Asia Prize. How have those publishing experiences differed in those two different markets, if at all?
1: Um look they were completely different um in India I was sort of approached by a publisher because I had been shortlisted for this particular award and uh, you know it was sort of taken um you know I didn't have a literary agent as I did with this book um, probably the editor editing process was not as intense either, but that could have just been my experience. It just seems like with publishing, you can't really generalize because every author's experience is so unique mm. but yeah, it was it, it, it's actually been really fascinating to see how the different. Countries work.
0: Mm, mm. If, um, if, if some of our listeners are, are listening into this conversation thinking, oh, I, I really like this content. I want to have a greater understanding of the migrant experience in Australia, which, as you've alluded to, is a perspective that isn't overly represented in Australia's literary scene. What other authors or books could you recommend readers look to, to expand their understanding of this?
1: I mean, I, I can't speak for Australian literature with respect to this, but certainly I would say, um, you know, the Orchestra of Minorities, um, as well as, you know, Americana by Chimamanda Adichie, they all talk about the student experience and, you know, one in the UK and one in America. And, you know, funnily, there's a lot of overlap in what it, can feel like to experience that but you know regardless of where you are in the world there are some striking similarities so I would highly recommend those two books. Mm.
0: And what are your hopes for this novel and what it achieves what you want readers to walk away from?
1: I think the same thing that I want from the authors that I read which is you know basically to shake something loose in in One's head um, and maybe loosen fused patterns of thought and get like a new pathway going. Um, just, you know, just shake up your set beliefs about what migrants are, what they come here for, what they want, and to sort of humanize them because it's all they remain a statistic, you know, often in the news, but not really sort of explode for the humanity. And I guess I want Australia to see that. Mm.
0: And if government policymakers were reading it?
1: Precisely the same thing, that, you know, we're not all the same. We come for different reasons and, you know, your student will be your next skilled worker and be a great citizen. And, you know, and we need supports in place um, so that that pathway is easier.
0: Vidya Madabushi has been my guest. Thank you so much, Vidya.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real
0: pleasure. Vidya's book, The Days Toppled Over, is now available in all good bookstores. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.